This podcast is intended for healthcare professionals. The information presented is for general educational purposes only and should not be used as professional medical advice or for the diagnosis or treatment of medical conditions. The views and opinions expressed do not represent the views and opinions of our employer or any affiliated institution. Expressed opinions are based on scientific facts under certain conditions and subject to certain assumptions and should not be used or relied upon for any other purpose, including but not limited to the diagnosis or treatment of medical conditions or in any legal proceeding. Full terms and conditions can be found at portablebeads.com. And now onto the episode. Welcome back to Portable Peds, your pediatric board review podcast. As always, I'm Sam. And I'm Ryan. And we're going to start off with our first case of our GI month. So, a four-month-old female presents for a well child check. She has been otherwise healthy and is growing along her growth curve of approximately the 50th percentile. Mom mentions concerns for frequent spit-ups after nearly every breastfeed. The infant is not distressed or bothered by these episodes. The spit-up resembles breast milk, and there is no bile or blood in the spit-up. Mom describes that the spit-up dribbles down the infant's chin and is not projectile. What is the most appropriate first-line intervention for this infant? A. Thickening feeds, either with rice cereal or using a commercially available thickened formula. B. Starting a histamine 2 receptor antagonist. C. Reassurance, along with modifying feeding practices and positioning. D. Changing to either a casein hydrosylate formula or an amino acid formula. Or E. Starting a proton pump inhibitor. So take a second, think about it, and we'll come back and talk about the answer. And now for a quick survey plug while you're thinking of the answer. So like we've mentioned in our previous couple of episodes, we've launched a new survey. It's anonymous. It's approved by the IRB at our institution. And we would love to hear your listener preferences on podcasting and virtual medical education. So it'll be in the show notes. It's on our social media. It's on our website. It would mean the world to us if you could fill out the survey. It shouldn't take more than a couple minutes. And back to the episode. The correct answer for this question is C. First-line intervention should include reassurance and modifications to feeding practices and positioning. So before we get into our answer choices, let's review a couple of important definitions in some epidemiology. So GER, or G-E-R, gastroesophageal reflux, is the passage of gastric contents into the esophagus due to relaxation of the lower esophageal sphincter. So in infants, frequent relaxation of the lower esophageal sphincter is associated with gastric distension from large volume feeds. While GER, or GER, is a normal physiologic process in infants, it can often cause distress for caregivers. However, GERD, with a D, gastroesophageal reflux disease, is the passage of gastric contents into the esophagus, resulting in symptoms for the infant. Symptoms include failure to thrive, arching of the back, and irritability. Red flag symptoms that would prompt further workup and suggest against a diagnosis of GERD include bilious emesis, GI bleeding, and projectile emesis. Additionally, if the onset of regurgitation occurs at less than one week of age or greater than 12 months of age in a patient who's never experienced regurgitation before, then further investigation is also required. Finally, if reflux persists in a patient over 18 months of age, then referral to a GI doctor or gastroenterologist should be considered. A thorough history and exam is necessary, and in the absence of red flag symptoms, this is often sufficient to make a diagnosis of GER without the D, so just reflux. Further diagnostic testing is not necessary if this is the case. So let's walk through our answer choices in order to discuss other treatment options. 
So as mentioned earlier, the correct first intervention is to provide reassurance and offer suggestions to optimize positioning and feeding. So 50% of infants less than three months of age and 67% of infants at four months of age will have at least one episode of regurgitation per day. Following its natural course, only 5% of infants will experience regurgitation after 12 months of age, with most outgrowing their reflux by 7 to 12 months of age. The optimization of positioning and feeding is often referred to as reflux precautions, and these interventions include ensuring appropriate volume feeds for age, recommending frequent burping, and holding upright for 20 to 30 minutes after feeds, along with feeding in a sideline position. Now, Sam, you want to talk about the other treatment options? Yeah, absolutely. So while some of the other interventions listed as answer choices are possible treatments, they should not be first-line treatment. So let's walk through these in a stepwise fashion. So if reassurance and optimization do not achieve the desired results, another option is to thicken formula using rice cereal or to offer commercially prepared formula. Due to the risk for arsenic contamination in rice cereal, the preferred recommendation is to offer a commercially prepared thickening formula. While this is an acceptable intervention in the Reflux Clinical Practice Guidelines, published by the North American Society for Pediatric Gastroenterology, Hepatology, and Nutrition, or known as NASCAN, it's important to note that anti-regurgitant formula has not been proven to decrease reflux when compared to the standard infant formula. The next intervention to be considered is to trial a casein hydrosylate formula, such as Nutramagen or Alimentum, or an amino acid formula, such as Elicare or Neocate. This trial must be allowed for at least two weeks to assess results. What is important to remember is that this is not actually a treatment for GERD. The transition to casein hydrosylate or amino acid formula is a treatment for cow milk protein or soy milk protein allergy. While the traditional presentation of cow's milk protein allergy is bloody stools, it is also possible that these infants will present with persistent regurgitation or vomiting, which can be indistinguishable from GERD. If all the previous interventions are unsuccessful, it may be time to consider pharmacological intervention. Many guidelines recommend considering consultation with a pediatric gastroenterologist if pharmacological therapies are being initiated. Histamine 2 receptor antagonists, such as famotidine, decrease acid production by binding to the histamine 2 receptor on the gastric parietal cells. H2RAs are the first-line pharmacological therapy in infants only if all previously mentioned interventions fail. The last intervention in our answer choices was a proton pump inhibitor, such as a meprosol. These are PPIs, and these suppress gastric acid production by irreversibly blocking the proton pump, which is the final step in parietal cell acid secretion. It is important to note that no PPIs are approved in patients less than one year of age. Additionally, a recent systematic review and placebo-controlled trial demonstrated that there is no improvement in GERD-associated symptoms in patients on PPI as compared to those on placebo. The bottom line is that GER and GERD can often be very distressing for caregivers. A good relationship between the physician and the caregiver is essential in order to provide reassurance. Following its natural course, GER is very common, and most infants will naturally outgrow these symptoms without any pharmacological intervention. If additional interventions are needed, the formula changes mentioned previously can be considered. If those modifications are unsuccessful, it is worth considering discussion with a pediatric gastroenterologist and possible consideration for pharmacological therapy. Thanks for joining us, guys, and please be sure to fill out that survey. It would mean the world to us. And we'll see you next week for our next PGI case. Thanks. Happy studying. Woo-hoo.